Warning! Anime out of context has strong language, spoilers, stupidly wrong ideas, and general silliness. Neither of our hosts are professionals and do not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I feel the true horror of Stockholm Syndrome. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Remington, we've done it. We have, we have reached episode 10. I have survived nine anime so far. And you even liked some of them. Which blows my mind. In fact, it's a pretty positive ratio of things you've liked. Yeah, so far I have liked four out of nine, so almost half. Exactly, which is mind-boggling, because when you got into this, you thought you would hate literally every second. But though I have liked four of them, I have utterly despised and loathed the other five. So really, we've got a nice thing going. Uh, Probably. It's kind of interesting to think how... Our first episode, I set the baseline with Rosario Vampire, and it has remained the baseline for you. Yeah, it is right in the middle. Like, I hate Rosario Vampire, but it is right now at, like, fifth place. How does that make you feel, Remington? Not great, because I think in episode one, I asked something along the lines of, how could it possibly get worse? (laughs) (laughs) And, And the fact that it is now, like, the median blows my mind. Ah, I'm impressed with how things have gone so far, honestly. Because not only have I surprised you, but you've surprised me with a lot of things. Yeah, and I've surprised myself, quite frankly. I've I've liked ones that I didn't think I would. Uh, I hated ones that I knew I would, but you thought I would like. Well, I thought there might be a chance of you liking them. (laughs) You know, I thought maybe there was a possibility that you'd be like, oh, that's nice. But apparently you think most of them are utter garbage. (laughs) That's because most of them are utter garbage, Sean. Mm, That's all a matter of perspective, Remington. I am learning about the anime genre, but I still don't like the anime genre. Well, here's the thing, Remington. I've been trying to get across to you that anime isn't a genre. Yes, it's it's just a, a category with a bunch of genres within it, and it's just, if anything, a style. It's a medium is what I like yeah, to think Yeah, there you of go. It. You know, it's like any kind of TV or movie. It's just a style of animation that happens to originate from Japan and has a lot of similar quirks amongst its many genres. Because that's what I've been trying to emphasize with this podcast, Remington, is that most people think anime itself is a separate genre of stuff, and if someone likes anime, you can automatically tell the kind of person they are, but except you can't, because there's so many different types of anime within itself that someone who likes Rosario Vampire might hate Sword Art Online, or someone that really loves Mirai Nikki might also love Umaru-chan. <laughs> I wonder who I'm talking about there. Your first category of person is terrible because they like Rosario Vampire, and your second category of person, I think, is a very astute and intelligent individual. Really? With good taste. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Definitely not uh, susceptible to Moe trash. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely think that throughout these nine episodes that we've done so far, through the ups and the downs, overall, I have enjoyed myself. And and that's why towards the end of this episode, 
Uh, you and I, we have a very special announcement, but we're going to save that to the end. Build the anticipation. Exactly. Got to give people something to look forward to, because if you just come out and say it, no one's going to listen to the rest of the episode, and they'll leave us in the dust. Exactly. So as our listeners are anticipating that, I am dreading to see what you have in store for me this episode. But Remington, I actually have something really good for you this time. Do you, though? Oh, I think I do. And if you don't like it, you might get a lot of flack. Because that's never happened already. I haven't already hated some fan favorites. <laughs> but, Remington, there's something I have to bring up with you. Okay. I don't know if you remember. It's been a while. In episode two, I did something that was a little, well, cruel and unusual, as you put it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me quickly explain to the listeners what happened. So, episode two... Sean decided that we were going to watch Sword Art Online, but instead of our usual rule of three to four episodes, I was going to watch 14. After that episode, I told Sean that he's only allowed to pull that shit once every 10 episodes for every batch of 10. We are now in a new batch of 10. I swear to God, Sean, if you are implementing that rule right off the <laughs> bat... What? Remington? Oh dear god, why? I had to do it for Sword Art Online because you had to understand that first half of that season. You know, it's, it was important. I, I thought that maybe it would be like episode 14 or 15 that you'd hold off, but right off the bat? Well, Remington, it's the way these things go. You know, you plan out a curriculum and you think you know exactly what you're going to be doing when you do it, and then some long-haired fuck comes and ruins it halfway through. <laughs> so you've got to kind of realign things a bit. But episode 10 has stayed stagnant the whole time in my curriculum, which is good. Problem is, you're going to have to watch the entire thing. The, wait, wait, the entire thing? Oh, the whole thing. Like, all of a, a season or the entire show? The or? entire show. Oh my god, okay, and can I ask how many episodes I'm going to have to endure? Mm, I think I'll tell you in a minute. Oh god, I hate this so much. This is the worst. You have no self-control. I have plenty of self-control, thank you very much. I've had this plan from the beginning. God damn it. The only salvation I have is that it will be at least nine episodes till this happens to me again. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, Rem. If I was to stop this show partway, you would hate me for it. What? 100%. If I was to stop this in the middle or near the end or anything like that, you would demand I let you watch the rest of it. Oh, these are some big claims. And everybody who's listening who knows what I'm talking about will agree with me. Oh, <laughs> I'm in such a weird state right now because I'm so sincerely curious, but at the same time, I'm also mildly tempted to jump out the window. Remington, this show is so good that if you don't watch the entire thing in one go, you're just not gonna... You're just not going to be happy with yourself. I am so immensely skeptical. Sword Art Online is one of the worst ones we've seen, and I think that is in large part because I saw so much of it. I, oh boy, Remington, I hate this. I hate Rem this so much. It's not that much, though, Remington. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Yeah. It's only a 23-hour marathon straight. It'll be fine. See, you're exaggerating. You know why? Because we're watching an anime movie, Remington. Oh, yeah. Look, what? Pardon? <laughs> oh, did you not know that anime came in movie flavor? I, I guess I did, but I... 
I've always viewed anime movies as, like, spin-offs to anime series. And most of them are that. Is this one not? It is not. Oh, now I'm real confused. I have no idea what to expect right now. How do you feel now that you know you're not going to be sitting through an entire season of a show? Uh, that is that is so much better. Oh my god, it is <laughs> infinitely better. The, like, eight hours of Sword Art Online killed me, and... I, I would expect this movie to be a bit less than eight hours. It's only about two hours, Remington. Okay, see, that's manageable. That's fine. Exactly. I had to mislead you somehow, Remington, because I'll be honest with you, this anime slash movie is so phenomenally good, there's not much to mislead you about. So, okay. So I thought I'd I'd do a little bit of a meta mislead, ah, as it were. Yeah. And I that despair was... Mm, it was good. I liked it. It was delicious. Oh, all of my trust in the institution has been completely maligned and demolished. You had trust in me to begin with? I Maybe a little bit. Who remembers anymore? <laughs> it's so long ago. But don't worry, Remington. This movie is so good that even Americans love it. Okay. It's won an Oscar. Oh, is it... I think I might have an idea. I bet you do. And I'd be surprised if you haven't seen it, because we're going to be talking about Spirited Away today, Remington. Spirited Away, yes. That is one I have heard of and sort of seen, but not really oh, ever. Really? What What do you remember from it? That's the one with the little girl, right? One of many, but yes. <laughs> and... Is it the one with a bunch of little black fuzzies? It is. Okay. I remember I saw this when I was really young. So I remember next to nothing, but I really didn't like it. What? It made me really uncomfortable and I couldn't keep track of where the story was going. And I can't remember anything, but I just remember that confusion and discomfort. Those are, those are the emotions that I associate. But I also was like six. Well, funnily enough, Remington, this movie came out in 2001. Yep, so that would be uh, that would be when I was five years old. And it does have a lot of very interesting metaphysical properties that would be a little confusing to a younger person. But as someone who watched it when I was seven, I loved this movie, Remington. <laughs> the characters, the colors, the storyline was a little confusing for my young adolescent brain. But I still loved it because it was a Studio Ghibli movie. Yeah, Studio Ghibli. I love me and my Ghiblis. You have no idea what Ghibli is, do you? I am clueless. Have you heard of Hao Miyazaki before? Nope. Really? Sean, I haven't heard of so many people who are popular within Western celebrity. Eastern celebrity, I am even more ignorant about. I mean, he's pretty big here too, man. Nope, never heard of him. Okay, so Miyazaki, or rather Studio Ghibli are famous for their anime films. They have a very specific art style, and their films are recognized across the entire world as being really good films. Didn't they also do the castle one? Yes, Howl's Moving Castle. That's one that I know of and have never seen as well. Yes, he also did My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, I've heard of that one. Princess Mononoke. Heard of that one too. I've heard of all of these. Ponyo. Yep. Secret World of Arietti. Nope. Uh, that's a newer one. It's it's The Borrowers, but anime. You've never seen The Borrowers either, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not super entrenched in uh, cinematic culture. Is it is are the bar is The Borrowers a movie? Yes. Okay, yeah, cinematic culture. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of movies. A lot of his movies are actually based off of books as well. Like Howl's Moving Castle is a book, as is The Borrowers, as is uh, well, just a bunch of others, honestly. Okay. 
Miyazaki and Ghibli's movies are just so phenomenally beautiful and full of character, full of good story that almost everyone has a favorite Ghibli movie. Okay. Spirited Away sits solidly at my second favorite. Ooh, what's your number one? Uh, Princess Mononoke. Oh, of course. Yeah, because that movie has a lot of really good stuff, but that's a different episode. We'll talk about that one later. Oh, this is so interesting, because six-year-old me absolutely hated sort of watching this movie, but six-year-old me also was an imbecile. Yeah, I don't think very many six-year-olds have the intellect to enjoy a complicated movie. Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how I feel about it now. Exactly. Especially because I remember nothing but there was a girl and black fuzzies. That's yes. it. That is 100% of my knowledge. Those black fuzzies are my favorite fucking thing, by the way. They're called soot sprites. I, d I didn't like them when I was young. Well, why not? They're cute. They're little fuzzy. They got little arms and they've got, and you feed them candy. What's not to oh, like? I thought they were creepy. You thought they were creepy? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hopefully watching... I was a really easily scared child. Well, to be fair, we grew up with Courage the Cowardly Dog, so that's not too... Oh, that messed me up. That was one of my favorite shows, Nightmares, every night. Exactly. Courage the Cowardly Dog is my favorite anime, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Muriel is my waifu. <laughs> a return the yandere. You know, it's just great. Exactly. So, Ram, how about I tell you about the story? Okay. You know, some of the plot, since you don't really remember much of it. Yeah. That's important. This movie is about 10-year-old Chihiro Ogino. Chihiro? Chihiro. Yep. Chihiro, okay. And she is sad and unhappy because her and her parents are moving away. And no kid likes to move because that means they're abandoning their friends in a sense. You know, they feel like it's the end of the world. How are they going to make new friends? Of Re course. Really a traumatic thing for a 10-year-old. And you know, to any possible 10-year-olds listening, first, you're too young to be listening, but second, if, if you're in the process of moving right now and you feel that same uncertainty, uh, it's completely right. You'll never be able to make new friends. That's just the unfortunate facts of life. Um, if you move to anywhere, you, you just don't get more friends. Inspirational quotes with Remington. <laughs> And they are in the process of driving to their new home. Okay. But at some point, her parents take a wrong turn, and they come across a abandoned amusement park. Oh, okay. Didn't expect this. Yeah. And it's kind of a strange thing to find. So, of course, being human, they decide to get out and have a look around. And they're like, this is the house. Wow, it doesn't look anything like the pictures. No, no, no. They actually <laughs> realize it's not the house. And they're like, oh, we took a wrong turn somewhere. But this is really interesting. Let's have a look around. Okay, I, I can feel that curiosity. I, I adore the setting of abandoned fairground. Yeah. So I'm all in on that. And, of course, Chihiro is still kind of emotionally upset by the whole ordeal and doesn't want to go into this creepy abandoned amusement park. She just kind of wants to get on with it, go back to the new house, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, of course, her parents are like, nah, come on, it'll be fun, it'll be an adventure. Which, it was. An approximately two-hour-long cinematic adventure. Exactly. So they go past the amusement park gate, into the amusement park, and explore a little bit, and then dusk falls. Okay. And then weird things start to appear. Ooh, weird things. Very weird Why things. are they still there after dusk? Well, because it was nearly dusk when they got there. Oh, that's going to get spooky. If you're, if you're in an abandoned fairground after dusk with your little 10-year-old girl, I don't care who you are. If you're below 10 in an abandoned fairground and it's nighttime, you're going to piss yourself <laughs> all over. Honestly, 
it would not surprise me if she did, but she doesn't, which is kind of interesting for a 10-year-old. Oh, she has bigger balls than I do. Yeah, that's saying quite... Still, to this day. <laughs> to this day. Not even just 10-year-old. Well, even now, if, if you put me in an abandoned fairground after, like, 10 o'clock, I'm out. Yeah, that's it? You're done? Yeah, g- give me, like, after sunset... I'm out. Before then, I'm investigating. I'm looking around. It's super cool and interesting. Uh, as soon as the sun is down, that that's when the spooks will come out and get you. Exactly. And guess what happens, Remington? The spooks come out and get them. Exactly. But not in such a direct fashion. After dusk falls, they enter a kind of concessions area of this fairground. Okay. And there's food everywhere. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I have a guess. Yes. I have a prediction, and and this is a prediction, even though I've, I've seen it before, I've seen it once and I remember literally nothing, so this is a going in ignorant guess. I think that at dusk, as soon as the sun goes down, they enter like a different world, an alternate reality maybe? You are actually correct. Hell yeah! So after dusk falls, lots of strange things start appearing like food and such food is the strangest things well yeah especially if it's an abandoned amusement park man like if i was walking around you know disneyland that had been like hit by a nuclear blast now nowhere i see a churro machine still running i'm gonna be a little (laughs) a little concerned but also quite hungry yeah definitely not disappointed just concerned exactly can that effect happen like you know the times where you look in your fridge and then like two minutes later look in your fridge yeah can that happen where it just becomes an alternate reality like just when the sun goes down you look again you're like oh we're so well stocked which for uh college age students like us would be fantastic i wish that would be the american dream right there even i i don't it doesn't even need to be good food like just open my pantry after after midnight and it's just filled with ramen and i'm like this is an acceptable result exactly it would be magical and wonderful But then you gotta deal with the ghosts and shit. Yeah, I guess so. So, they enter this fairground, there's a lot of food everywhere, and of course the parents are like, well that smells delicious. (laughs) Not concerned in the slightest. We gotta try some of this food, so they sit down and start picking out on the food. This doesn't seem okay. And of course Chihiro is a little weirded out by these things because kids tend to be a little more aware about weird things than adults do. I'm right there with you, Chihiro, making smart decisions. And she's like, come on, we should really go. There's no one here to give money to. And it's like, it's okay, we'll leave money on the counter for them. It'll be fine. Oh, the spooks are going to possess her parents. Very close to, yeah. What ends up happening is she runs around uh, looking for, you know, a way to get them away from the food. Uh Uh-huh. Comes back to them. In their place are giant pigs. Pardon me? <laughs> Wait, are, okay. So is it... Okay, there's two possibilities that I'm imagining here. Okay. One is like a very weird ransom situation where you just have like two pigs and like a little note, uh, these are your parents now. Or two, those pigs are her parents and I'm imagining like a fake mustache on one of them, like an old wig and a sundress on the other one. You're not too far off. Uh, which one of those is it more like? Mm, that's part of the mystery, Remington. Oh. So she gets back and she and she realizes these pigs are her parents because they're wearing her parents' clothing. Aha! And of course she is freaking out. And as this is happening, more and more creatures and spirits start appearing, attending the festival around her. Okay. And of course she's kind of terrified. Yeah, reasonable. Freaking out and is running around and trying to figure out what's going on. And then she ends up in a bathhouse. Hmm. I, like an just, old Japanese-style bathhouse. Are you familiar with bathhouses in Japan? 
I am. Why would there just be one in a fairground? Well, that feels a bit weird. A little bit. That, that yeah. seems like a weird setting for a bathhouse. Yeah, I come. To, I think at this point it's no longer much of a fairground. Oh, okay. Because it's like a. So it's transforming into a new, maybe like a new city or something. Is okay. Basically. Okay. Basically, it's a very. St- she finds herself in this world, a very strange world, with creatures and monsters and ghosts. She finds herself spirited away. Ah, it's the, the title of the get it because it's the title of the name of the movie. That's comedy, Remington. <laughs> <laughs> we are awful. <laughs> That's okay because people love it when we're awful. Do they or do we just love it when we're awful? I'm happy and that's all that matters. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so she ends up in this bathhouse and she tries to get help for her parents because she's scared and confused and ends up getting thrown into indentured servitude. Of course, that is the logical conclusion. That's what happens with every child who comes to me for help. I'm They come and they're like, hey, could you help me out, sir? And I'm like, you're going to be a slave now. <laughs> hey, now, indentured servants weren't slaves. Oh, it's completely different. No similarities in the slightest. Yeah. But the thing is, Remington, I can't really go into too much more detail because it's a movie. It's only two hours. Yeah. The more I spoil, the fewer surprises there will be. Yeah. Oh, this is so weird. So interesting. So, okay. All I really need to tell you is that after her parents get turned into pigs, Jihiro desperately tries to find a way to rescue them. Okay. And so the movie is going to generally be about her, her adventure. Her adventures to save her parents. Yeah, and get home okay. to her proper world. Okay. Couldn't Here's my Here's my idea. Just wait for the sun to come up. Mm, it's not that simple, Remington. I feel like it might be. It's not though because she does try to run back to the entrance. Yep. Can't get there. What do you mean, can't get there? Oh, you'll have to watch the movie to you find just, out, Remington. Just keep walking. Come on, Chihiro. Yep. Put in the legwork. You'll, you'll see why eventually. Oh. But like I said, there's so much intrinsic complications in this movie that telling you much of it would be a sin because there's so many interesting twists and turns and characters and creatures and plot points that it's hard to talk about it to someone who hasn't seen it. In fact, what I've told you is honestly too much. Like, the pig reveal is kind of a big thing, but I felt like I needed to tell you that much just to kind of get you you a little interested, a little curious, get you into the spirited away mentality. Okay, okay, so I'm very interested to see how I'm going to feel about this because I'm going in with a slightly negative bias from my six-year-old self, but with the knowledge that that is a very ignorant bias. Exactly. So I'm, I have no idea how I'm going to view this, how I'm going to feel about it, what I'm going to think, especially because even though I've seen this about 15 years ago, I don't remember a thing about it. And that is what's going to make this so magical, Remington. Oh, this is so interesting. Okay, okay, I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling, feeling good? good. I'm feeling ready to go into our 10th anime. I'm really hoping it's going to be good, and we'll see on the other side. I'll tell you this right now, Remington. Even people who don't like anime all that much like this movie. Okay, that's promising. That's promising. Because I'd put myself in the category of people who don't like anime that much. So, <laughs> I'm hoping that I will like this movie. And that's the point of my podcast, to try and change that. <laughs> Alright, we will be back in a short two hours.
Well, Remington, we're back! We just watched the entirety of Spirited Away, easily one of my favorite animated films. You gotta tell me, man, what did you think? I have a lot of thoughts about Spirited Away. Oh? And there are a lot of things that I thought were really impressive, and there are a lot of things that will make a lot of people very angry at me. Oh no. So it's a, a nice mix of, of both. So I figure we'll explore both sides of how I feel about Spirited Away before I come up front and say my conclusion of it. How early should they grab the pitchforks, Remington? Don't grab them yet, but like, keep them around. Have them ready. Oh, oh no. This, this is it. This is the end of the show. <laughs> Episode 10, we're going to be done for because Remington is going to be super critical about one of the greatest Oscar-winning animated films of the early 2000s, and, I, and I'm going to get flagged for it. I'm going to get flayed alive. I don't think that I'm being super critical. I'm worried that you're going to be and that it's going to be the end of my life. Well, there's only one way to find out. I guess we'll have to get into it then. Do you want to start with the positives or the negatives? What do you think would be best to highlight your true thoughts and opinions? I think we should start with the positives because I feel like Spirited Away is one of those movies that when you discuss what you dislike or think wasn't done well about it, there's going to be a whole lot of people coming up through the cracks yelling, you just didn't get it. You didn't understand the underlying meaning. You were expecting something different. It's your fault, right? Uh, and so, before they stop listening to me, I'll say some good things. Sounds like a plan, and I will be evaluating our friendship as we progress. <laughs> if you're wondering why the words finale are in the title, uh... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, Remington, what do you think? What are your thoughts? What are some good things you liked about it? Okay, let's start right off the bat with possibly the best things about Spirited Away. That has to be the style. Oh, yeah? Right? The style's so immensely unique, interesting, detailed, well done, lovingly crafted in every single detail. And that is basically what most Ghibli films are. They share a similar art style, but their worlds are so cleverly crafted, are very in-depth. The characters that inhabit them are filled with life and creativity. It's just so good and spirited away. Shows some of the best features of that, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm super impressed by the just level of imagination for this world created, all of the ideas and the visuals. I was super impressed by. Similarly, I think another thing they did super well down that vein is the soundtrack. The soundtrack is obviously incredible. Right? It sets the mood for the movie, like with a soft piano here and there to kind of get you in the right emotional mood, the curiosity, the adventures starting. It's just so good and lovely, worthy of winning an Oscar. So you don't have to say anything bad about it, right, Ray? <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Oh, no. But one of the interesting things and one of the big reasons why I think it would win an Oscar is because this is, in a strange way, like an art house children's movie and the symbolism was packed to the brim and you know sean i'm a man who can appreciate well thought out symbolism oh yeah and so i thought the underlying themes of gluttony greed nature identity coming of age all of these huge themes and i'm sure there are a whole lot more 
it was really interesting to see how they explored each of those in their own way. Right. There's just so many underlying themes to this movie that every time you watch it, you can almost find something new and interesting to add to your opinion of the film. Yeah, I definitely see how a lot of people could watch it again and again, seeing all sorts of different ideas, different little details that they didn't know before. And I think that that is very strong in Spirited Away's favor. Awesome. Great. Let's end the podcast there. I don't want to hear anything negative. Well, we're we're still on the good. Okay, good, good. Yeah, keep saying the good. Keep saying the good. So there are two more good things that I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah? Number one, I thought that Chihiro's personality really showed. I thought that it was really nice to see her actually make mistakes and try to understand this world. The animation obviously helped impact this so much. The animation is so well crafted and her character was absolutely phenomenal. And many other characters were instantly recognizable. I can easily see how a lot of people can remember most of the main characters in this movie. And you'll find that is the case across just about every Miyazaki film. As soon as you see a picture of a character from a Miyazaki film, you're like, oh, look at that. That's Studio Ghibli. And I think I know that character's name. Finally, for my favorite thing. Your favorite thing is the most surprising thing about this entire experience I've come to realize. Okay, so it's well established I am Moe trash. Yep, to the nth degree. Oh my god, there's some giant ducks in the bathhouse that occasionally are like doing aerobics and stuff and they're just so pudgy and so blank staring and I adored them. Every time they came on the screen, I just had a laughing fit. I could not control myself in any way. Of all the things to latch onto, Remington, you choose the giant background ducks. Like, the fat turnip man was also super cute, but those ducks were incredible. Oh my god, I loved them. Yeah, they are pretty great, but is that really what you think the best part of this movie is? Yes. Oh, great. Okay. 100%. I guess I kinda can live with that. I I think that it did great with the detail, great with the symbolism, great with the visuals, but the cute ducks. Oh, I'm weak. I'm a weak man, and they have won me over. (laughs) So you're saying if a van pulled up and a bunch of these ducks gestured for you to get in. (laughs) I'm in there. You're in there. They're taking me wherever they want. They're taking you to Ducktown. I'm going to Ducktown, baby. (laughs) Ducktown population, all those ducks in me. Uh, Oh my god, you know what probably exists, John? What's that? You know those, like, inflatable suits? Sort of like sumo suits, but usually they're one color? Yeah. Uh, Or or similar to the T-Rex suits that exist, there has to be a duck suit. Oh (laughs) my god, I can be an adorable duck. I feel like you're getting a little too into this, Remington. Uh, Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, a tad. I I really eat the duck. Okay, so you want to end it there? I think that's a good point to stop. So many good things, great stories. No, because unfortunately, the thoughts do not end there. I have a whole lot more. Oh, God. And none of it's positive, is it? Let's gradually get into the naked. Oh, God, this is going to be painful for me. So let's start with the sprites. The very cute and interesting sprites. Yes, I love the sprites. They're one of my favorite characters. I actually have a plush sprite somewhere hanging around here because I thought they were so cute and adorable. And they are really cute. The little soot sprites that go and help with all the work. That being said, this is not a negative note. This is not a criticism. It is merely an acknowledgement. The sprites 
are just the art house anime equivalent to minions. Oh! Now, you can disagree with me. Oh! But all of the criteria are there. And oh. that's not a terrible thing. A it's... lot of people loved the minions. Uh-huh. But they're essentially non-vocal, sassy little helpers who exhibit their personality through interacting with each other and the main characters and exist mostly to be adorable, fun, and interesting. Ah. I knew that uh, that would hurt you, Sean, but uh. I would like to reiterate that that is not of necessity a bad thing. Except the minions are the worst things on ever. They're jaundiced pills. <laughs> Let's continue. Now, I said that it had a fantastic art style and that it was so beautifully crafted and well done. Yeah. That being said, even though it was ridiculously well done, I thought that it was a little bit ugly. Ah. Uh. Like, there were some beautiful moments, but overall, the art style did not resonate with me. I loved the ideas behind it, and there were a lot of moments that I thought were, were genuinely breathtakingly beautiful. But nine times out of ten, most of what was going on wasn't visually positive for me. Oh my god, this is worse than I could have imagined. <laughs> And that is 100% subjective, and I acknowledge that. I just found it to be too plain at times, which is a word that's going to get me tarred and feathered with a large part of our audience, and I acknowledge that. It's just that it didn't sit well with me. It, it never drew me in, and it had some really nice moments. And once again, I want to reiterate, so well done. I just didn't find it aesthetically pleasing a lot of the time. Oh, God, it hurts. Remington, the point of this show is for me to cause you suffering, not for you to hurt me this deeply. And I apologize. I just thought it, that a lot of moments were in the uncanny valley for animation. And now, this is one of those moments that a whole lot of people are going to tell me, well, that's the point. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable because you're in a brand new strange world. So you're supposed to be feeling what your hero feels in that you don't understand. And it really focuses on external beauty as opposed to internal beauty and the conflict between the two. I get it. I understand. Sure. Oh, gods. But even if there are reasons for it to not be super aesthetically pleasing, I just didn't find it aesthetically pleasing. Oh, oh, god. Uh, okay, okay, just hit me with the next one, hit me with the next one. Let's keep the punishment going just so that I can, you know, take it all at once, get used to it. Maybe the pain will go away with time. All right, the next one, and I had this opinion right off the bat, but it was only confirmed to me throughout the movie. Haku is a terrible character. Oh dear. Now, Haku, Haku joins our long tradition of bland male protagonists. I mean, yeah, a bit. He has one personality trait, and that's he's really selfless, and that's it. Nothing beyond that. But you are told that Haku is actually working for the evil sorceress uh, who rules over this land. He's being controlled and he's a little bit stupid and that's why he's so easily controlled. You're told all of these things. But you never see a single one of them. At all. You only see that he's selfless. It talks about how he's a well-fleshed-out character, but it never once shows you these things. Even at one point, he steals an amulet from the sorceress's sister, but it doesn't show us that. It doesn't show even why he needed to do that for any reason. I, I, mm, I yeah, I, I, I guess. 
Oh god, agreeing with you is gonna get me lynched as well. But I would like to speak to our audience. If even Sean can understand some of my points, surely, even if you don't agree with them, I ask that you you provide me the slightest amount of charity and try to fathom what I am saying. I know that a few of you have watched it 20 times over and you are just fuming over every single little detail that I have missed. Calm down. It's gonna be okay. This is just a, a little stupid podcast. And I am an ignorant fool. If you if you really feel that strongly, just just keep it in. Just ignore it. It's fine. You think our podcast is stupid? I don't think the podcast is stupid, but I think its two hosts definitely are. Well, I can agree with that much at least. <laughs> and so let me continue a little bit more. One thing that I also wanted to see a whole lot more of was motives. A lot of times with the script of Spirited Away, they wouldn't even really try to have motives for characters. They would do things just because. We can have another example of Haku. Haku saves Chihiro very early on, and it's never really explained why he does that other than he's selfless, but we're told that he's a nearly mind-controlled minion of the sorceress. In fact, he's infected with a little black worm inside of him to follow her bidding, and yet for some reason he sees a human and he is just perfectly selfless and that is never given justification besides Haku being a good guy, I guess. Uh yeah. I I, I see your I see your point, Remington. I don't like your point, but I see your point. Or even with everything to do with the parents. They lacked motives 100%. And oftentimes, Chihiro or the characters around her lacked many motives. So often in Spirited Away, things would happen just because. Because they needed to happen for the plot to work. That's why Chihiro followed her parents instead of staying in the car. That's why the sorceress made so many of the decisions she did. Especially in regards to the baby. There were so many just because things that happened in that little subplot. Where, oh wow, how are they going to get out of this predicament? Well, something is just going to come up. Like, for example, she goes to the sorceress and asks to work. At first, the sorceress says, no, 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 you silly, useless girl. But then all of a sudden, a giant baby starts yelling. She gets super stressed and she gives in. Only to then say she made an oath to accept work from whoever asked her. None of these things are further explained, nor were they at all foreshadowed beforehand. They just happened just because. Oh, God. So, Remington, I think you might have actually just touched on one of the biggest problems of not just anime movies, but movies in general, is that the more ambitious the project, the harder it is to fit in all the minute details you want, and harder to tell a complete story. And this movie is only two hours long, so the runtime alone doesn't really lend itself to some of the more plot-centric focal points. And I fully agree. With that being said, that's an explanation. It, by no means is it an excuse for it to be the way it was. Oh boy. Is this what you feel like whenever I show you really crappy anime? Uh, yes. Yes, what you are feeling right now, Sean, is how I feel nine times out of ten with this podcast. Hey now, hey now, you liked at least three of the shows I've shown you so far. This is how I feel seven times out of ten when you, <laughs> when we do this podcast. 
And speaking of, I briefly touched on the baby. One of the big things, one of the major themes of Spirited Away is that external beauty and internal beauty are very different things. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, basically. Mm -hmm. That being said, when you have this giant asshole of a baby and this old woman crow going on, as soon as they are transformed... They're no longer assholes. In fact, they're super friendly. Now they're working for the girl, which they were threatening moments before. Just because they're adorable, they now get a pass. And that changes their whole personality, which I feel undermines the message of you shouldn't judge a book by its cover because as soon as they become adorable, suddenly they become nice too. Uh, yes? Oh God, every time I agree, I'm just signing my own death warrant. I know. It's unfortunate, but I think I have good points. Don't worry, we'll get a lot of angry emails. I don't want angry emails, Remington. Oh, if only. Because I have one pretty major final note. Oh, no. There's more? The final note is about the entire final act of Spirited Away. Uh-oh. The final act is where so much fell apart. Oh, no. In the final act, you get introduced to the sorceress's sister. Yep, Zebaba. Zebaba, yes. Zebaba, who Haku has stolen her amulet from. Seal. Yeah, he's stolen her seal from. Now, we don't see Haku steal the seal, nor are we ever told why it's important. But we know that Haku is in trouble. He's almost dying. So, Jihiro goes, and she decides she needs to save Haku. So, after getting the seal and killing the evil little worm that Yubaba was controlling Haku with, she goes and she tries to return the seal to Zababa. Meanwhile, as this is going on, you have No-Face, which we haven't touched on at all, but No-Face was an interesting character representing how if you feed your greed, your greed will consume even you, uh, which is a really nice message, really interesting, really well done. He's the most recognizable character of the entire series, actually. Yeah, if you, if you saw a picture of No-Face, you would be like, oh yeah, I've seen him before. But with him, he has an arc where he starts consuming everybody around him giving gold uh, from the bathhouse and he really really wants to see Chihiro because Chihiro was nice to him and wasn't greedy etc etc but then he starts consuming everything and then immediately she gives a panacea a nice cure-all that's been given to her by what ended up being a river spirit who was polluted that was a whole subplot which I thought was decent uh, and then all of a sudden he pukes everything out and he's completely back to being perfect and nice and I understand that he's perfect and happy and nice now. I don't understand why she would immediately trust him, but nonetheless, the train scene is nice, so that's fine. Then they go to meet Zababa. They go to Zababa, and all of a sudden, Zababa is fine. She has no vendetta against Haku. Haku shows up, and even though he just stole her seal and she was trying to kill him for it, now she is totally fine. Finally, they go try and go back to Yubaba to try and get uh, her parents back, and... On the way, she suddenly remembers that Haku is actually a spirit of the river that she once fell in. Now, if you're wondering, wait a minute, river that she fell in? What are you talking about? It's not that it was discussed previously and it's a thing I haven't gone over. That's only mentioned once. And it's only mentioned at this reveal. I mean, there was a little bit of foreshadowing in some of her dream sequences. If by foreshadowing you mean there was about two segments, I believe, that briefly for 
a second, maybe a second and a half, showed her in water. And then immediately cut to an interaction with Haku. Yep, and that was it. Which I don't think is enough. It had a weird thing spirited away where sometimes it would show way too much and sometimes it would tell too much. And with this, she then says his name confidently. He is now free. He remembers his name. He gets his identity back. They show up to Yubaba, and now is the moment for her to get her parents back, back from their pig form. And so Yubaba has a final test. And the test is, I have these pigs lined up. If you can correctly identify which ones are your parents, you all get to go free. And then she confidently says, it's none of them. And it's none of them. How does she know that? It doesn't explain it. Now, I understand you could easily say, well, it's because of the heart, the emotional connection that she has with her parents. Nonetheless, that didn't help her out when she was trying to feed the panacea to them earlier in the movie. That was a dream sequence. Nonetheless, you you, you say that as if that excuses it. Something being a dream sequence within Spirited Away, as if... As if in that dream sequence, if she had noticed it was them, or if anything happened in that dream sequence which was convenient to the plot, people wouldn't immediately go, No, you don't understand. All that was explained in the dream sequence. Ugh, God. And so, of course, she just knows that it's not any of them. Despite that not being foreshadowed in any way or no indication being given, and I think it's fine. It could have been very subtle about that choice, but instead it was just non-existent. Ultimately, I think that a lot of my criticisms can have defenses against them, and I understand that a lot of them will, but ultimately, I think most of them have at least some merit. And when you compound all of my criticisms together, I ultimately think that Spirited Away is a phenomenal movie, one of the best and most well-done things we've seen so far, but I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. What? This is... Uh, hold. You think it was good, but you didn't like it. I think it has some immense flaws and some, some amazing things that I truly admire. And at the end of the day, when all of those combined together, I didn't find it to be super enjoyable. Okay, Remington, we've been doing this for ten episodes now. Yep. You know, over the span of a several months. And the most surprising thing about this is that my job is to try and surprise you, yep. right? I'm trying to introduce you to this subculture and get you involved in the idea of anime as a medium, as a of whole. Course. Yet the most surprising thing is the fact that you can still surprise me with your thoughts and opinions. And I know that a lot of people are going to assume that I'm trying to be contrarian, and I hope that I have shown that that is not what I'm trying to do by any means. It's not that I'm going in saying that this is overrated. I think that everyone who enjoys this has a lot of valid reason too. I'm just not in that camp. We talked in part one about how Rosario Vampire had become the baseline. And I think with Spirited Away, we have a new right in the middle baseline. Clearly that baseline is only for you though, man. Because <laughs> oh, I'll tell I, you fully, right now, I fully acknowledge that. Out of the 10 anime we've talked about so far, no one is putting Spirited Away anywhere near the middle. <laughs> and I, I totally acknowledge and respect that. So wait a minute, wait a minute, you write Umaru-chan over Spirited Away? <laughs> yes, because Umaru-chan, like nearly every other anime that we've seen so far, even though it wasn't as well done as Spirited Away was, 
I enjoyed it more. And ultimately, that's where I'm rating it. I am not trying to be an objective rating system. I can't do that. I can only say how much I enjoyed the experience, whether that's because it made me think and it was super fascinating, whether it's because the plot had so many twists and turns and mysteries, whether it's because the characters had such depth and charm, or whether there were things that were adorable or funny. And at the end of the day, for whatever reasons, and however valid you think those reasons are, I didn't really enjoy Spirited Away. Oh, God. I mean, I suppose that's the best I could hope for when you said you had negative things to say. But God, that hurts. I'd like to uh, apologize on behalf of the podcast for anybody who has suffered through, like Sean has, like, my thoughts on Spirited Away. I am viscerally in pain. It's it's shocking to me, Remington, because this movie has been a constant ever since I was young, six years old, when this came out. I watched it multiple times in the spanning years, and I've always enjoyed it. It's always been one of my favorites. Never good enough to be my top uh, Miyazaki film, but always able to be that second place, just because it has that warm spot in my heart. The characters, you know, resonated with me as I was growing up, and just the overall world and design was just something that I loved to imagine existing. And the fact that someone can say it's good, but not like it is baffling, to say the least. Like, objectively, it's almost unanimously agreed that this is a great movie, and loads of people love this film. Uh, enough so that they won an Academy Award with it for animation. I'd like to clarify, I think everything on the technical side is absurdly impressive. The animation, the ideas, the imagination, the creativity, the visuals, everything is astonishingly great. But the script and the plot and the characters and their motives, that's where we found a lot of difficulties for me. <sighs> Shit. Alright. Um, well, I have a new mission now, Remington. Oh? Throughout the span of our podcast, I'm gonna show you more Ghibli films. Okay. Because... There's a Ghibli film for everybody. <laughs> I will tell you that right now, because the thing about Studio Ghibli is they put so much love, time, and effort into their films that there's almost guaranteed to be one that you will find some kind of resonance with. And for most people, it tends to be Spirited Away, you know, the most successful anime movie of all time. Did I mention that? That it is literally the highest grossing anime film. And I think it deserves that. But you still didn't like it. Nope. Oh my god. So yeah, I, that's going to be my, my goal. Uh, we're not going to do movies very frequently, you know, because uh, there's so many anime TV series that we have to cover. There's literally more anime than I can even think to name. <laughs> yeah. There's not enough hours in the day to even name them. Oh yeah. But I think every chunk of episodes I'll throw in a movie here and there. Uh, they won't always be Ghibli, but... Most of them will be, because now that I know that you understand what makes Ghibli good, I need to find a story that resonates with you. And I feel like that's probably the most noble mission I can have in this podcast at the time, because my love for Ghibli is so visceral and deeply ingrained in me that I really want you to like a Ghibli movie, man. And I think there's a good chance I will. I mean, the things that I loved are the things that are iconically Ghibli, so maybe... Exactly. So maybe I'll flip the spectrum, maybe do one of the more 
focus for the younger or maybe one focused more towards adults. I'll see what I can whip up for you, but you'll have you'll have plenty of time to cool down from this one. Since this was our 10th episode, I wanted it to be a special treat, a special occasion, because it's not every day you stick with a project so long that you hit 10 episodes worth it. And I think to celebrate the fact that we have done 10 episodes, so far we've been releasing episodes every other week. That was to fit with our busy schedules, we were just doing this because we really enjoyed it. But as we've gotten better and as we've been enjoying the entire process, we have made the decision that from this point on, we're going weekly. Oh yeah. Which means a lot more work for both of us, but hey, I think it'll be worth it because turns out we kind of enjoy these conversations, and we hope you do too. So that means there will be twice the amount of anime, twice the amount of bullshit reviews, and twice the amount of Remington suffering in pain. That is our most marketable trait. <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting some of my pain, too, when you start bashing on things I love and cherish. Yeah, it also means twice the hate mail. Yeah, please direct all your hate mail to remingtonchase at animeatocontext at gmail.com. <laughs> he will take the brunt of it. And if you have something specifically wrong with me, just mention it in, like, the subtext or something. I can take it. <laughs> so, yeah, a weekly schedule. You think we can handle that? Uh, I know that I can't, but I also know that we're doing it, so, you know. <laughs> we just gotta go with the flow, isn't that right? <laughs> we're just hastening my demise. So, tell me, Remington, to close things off, would you like to watch Spirited Away again sometime? Unfortunately, and it hurts me to answer this way, I don't think so. Trust me when I say it hurts me more. <laughs> so, guys, if you enjoyed listening to us, please... Give us some feedback. Drop a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you listen to us on. Just drop us a review. Let us know what you think. Or if you don't want to do that, go ahead and tell a friend about us. See what they think about us. You know, spread the word. That is genuinely the most helpful thing you can do for us, and we really appreciate it. And if you would like to contact us directly, whether that be for feedback, comments, questions, or hate mail, then send something on over to animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Thank you so much for sticking with us, and we hope to spirit you away some other time. <laughs> <laughs>